0: Wow, Jimmy, are you telling me that five Baby Boomers and their 22,088 spare, spare bedrooms exist? So I think we're just going to blame all the baby boomers for the problem with the housing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, I I am glad that I am two years, just a wee bit too late to be in the baby boomer category. I'd be castigating myself. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, look, whilst whilst we are around 12 months away from receiving the results of the Scottish 2022 census, south of the, south of the border, well, north of the border now, um, as their census was in 2021 for south of the border, the results are starting to come out for them as well. And one interesting statistic to, uh, in, in, in this is the growth in the number of spare rooms and spare bedrooms, for example. So the spare, spare bedrooms between... 2011, and the 2021 census. Uh, so I I wanted to therefore uh, apply that average south of the border um, growth uh, in those types of bedrooms to the results of the uh, 2011 um, of the Fife, uh, of Fife as well. So of course, I'm making certain assumptions, yet what I'm seeing in the local property market, I don't think they're too far mm-hmm. off the mark. Uh, additionally, Jimmy, this is a mental figure. Uh, additionally, yeah. there's thirty-three thousand three hundred and sixty-six spare bedrooms that will have been locked out of the Fife housing market since two thousand and eleven, as Britain's ageing population—this is what it's all about—means that the country's stock of homes has been used more unproductively. What is the number of spare bedrooms right, between two thousand eleven and twenty twenty one, Jimmy?
1: The number of spare bedrooms in Fife between 2011 and 2021 will increase from 182,975 to 216,612. That's a crazy
0: statistic. um, I mean, there's about 170,000 houses in uh, Fife itself. So, right about 170,000. So, you've got 182,975,000 spare bedrooms and that was in 2011 so that's almost just over one for every household uh, but now that's yeah. actually going up a wee bit a wee, wee, wee bit more dramatically the number of five households living in properties with at least two spare bedrooms i.e a spare spare bedroom as well will increase by in eight, to eight from 67,964 households to 90,000 and 52 households between those 10 years. If you take that in extrapolation, this means actually that 52.3% of five households will have two or more spare bedrooms. That's over half.
1: Uh, that's. Uh, I can't actually believe that. I, well, the numbers don't lie, but that's amazing when you think about the amount of people that you see that are or you hear or that are struggling for extra extra space. What do you think's caused that problem? I think um, I think people find it a lot when I mean, people have need to downsize. On what I see when I speak to to customers and clients when I grow and value the home, there's a big sentimental attachment to properties and yeah. families growing up there, grandkids coming to stay around. So I think it's a sentimental factor and the and the comfort of being in the home that they. They've always known and loved. I think mean, that's the biggest,
0: biggest thing. Um, you think as well as maybe the point around. that they're actually locked into it because there's nowhere to downsize to.
1: Well, that's I, I, knowing the article that we're that we're discussing today. I know that's the case when the numbers come up when we get to that part about the number of bungalows being built. But yeah, that's that is a big factor. I mean, you have the Lockheed Homes development. If we're just looking at five bungalows. Where was the last bungalow development built, apart from Lockheed Homes? The only one I can one I can think of is the one in Dersy, but that was there were quite, only a few homes there, and the price point for them were above what most people in five can, can afford. I think they were all three hundred and fifty thousand plus.
0: Yeah, I think what's happening here, and the difficulty with three hundred and fifty thousand plus was the very fact that um, the 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 building standards and the regulations nowadays, and what they need to actually comply with. In order to get that, it means it's actually more to build the property than it ever was before, and you're actually better off buying a resale, which is a you know uh, I wouldn't say it's a second hand property, but it's another it's somebody else's house, but it's actually been built already, yeah. because the more they build new ones, the more stringent the regulations are now for building standards and also for um, sustainability, also for energy efficiency, also for. Um, um, uh, you know solar and wind and whatever it is you know ground source heat pumps and all the rest yeah. of the things and they add a huge amount of value onto that and, and that's what I see as causing the mismatch this is why um, when social housing was mentioned about you know why is the council and this is a bit controversial why is the council buying properties in the private market from us from estate agents and actually locking out first-time buyers effectively and my answer to that is, or their answer, not my answer, this is their answer, by the way, it costs them more to build a new property than it actually does to buy that existing resale property. Now, whether you agree or disagree at the, the fact that they're in competition against first time buyers, um, you know, and how could how controversial is that considering the fact that they're castigating investors for taking the, the first time buyers' homes? Um pop calling the kettle. Black, maybe, (laughs) is the expression that would spring to mind. Um, So let's come back to this, though. It isn't just a local issue. I mean, Britain has 8 million, uh, 8.9 million properties with spare, spare bedrooms. Uh, In other words, what we mean is they have two or more spare bedrooms. Uh, So let's have a wee look at this graph then, uh, because I thought I'd, uh, here's one I produced earlier, um, to let you see that in comparison. So here we go there. Okay. So uh, two or more spare bedrooms. Uh, this is uh, in five house, uh, bedroom households, 2011 versus 2021. Uh, two or more spare bedrooms. In 2011, it was 42%. Now it's 52%. Um, one spare bedroom, um, 29% versus 21 so So, you know, that's dropping. The zero spare bedrooms is 22 versus eight, uh, 18. And that's dropped because obviously the, the, it's gone up right there with the two or more. Um, so you can see that, and then less than one spare bedroom is between uh, five uh, versus six, and minus two uh, spare bedrooms. In other words, you know they've got le- they've got more people living in it than what they actually need, if that makes sense. Uh, as one versus one, so that's that's obviously why it's going to be low. But it's this big massive number here is over fifty percent, over half the households in Fife have two or more uh, spare bedrooms, according to the statistics. Um, very surprising. Now, before I, I I dive deep into the issue of the spare, spare 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 bedrooms, let me look at the occupancy. Oh, actually, Jimmy, do you want to look at the occupancy rate of all the households in the country? Well,
1: um, there are eight point two six million households with one spare bedroom, mm-hmm. and there's six point five million households with no spare bedrooms. Yeah. i.e., the household's accommodation has an ideal number of bedrooms. There's 880,000 households where they are classed as overcrowded under the bedroom standard by one bedroom. And there's 173,751 households where they are classed as overcrowded under yeah. the bedroom standard by two bedrooms. So there's big numbers there on being overcrowded properties. And when you look at the numbers that have spare bedrooms, there's no reason when you think about it mathematically that our numbers, there should be no households that are ever overcrowded by looking at it.
0: Yeah. Uh, instantly enough, uh, Andrea That's actually says, and, and you're absolutely right, Andrea, I'm not sure if it's fair to blame the housing crisis on the people who have worked hard to buy their large homes and hold on to them, especially if they're still able to afford to keep them. Uh, the, the difficulty is, he's Andrea- She's got
1: two more than two bedrooms.
0: Yeah, they've got more than two. Well, Andrea's probably got two, two or more spare bedrooms as well. Shame on you, Andrea. <laughs> no, sorry. <laughs> if anybody knows, we're actually just joking, because when Andrea works with her. Um, So you're absolutely right, Andrea. And that's, we're not blaming anybody. What, what, what What's coming across here, though, is the very fact that the difficulty is um, most people don't want to keep their property, especially places like St. Andrews or the East Nuke. But the difficulty is the can't downsize. Um, uh, and even Glenrothes and uh, Leedmouths like that as well. They can't actually downsize to an adequate property. I've got it the now, where I'm, I'm, we're about to put one on the London Links, and it's 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 a lot bigger. And they want to downsize, but we have to try and get an elongated timeline, somebody to fit into that, in order for them to find uh, an adequate property, all on one level, which is either a, a detached or semi-detached bungalow or a terrace bungalow in the London Links area, because they want to continue to live there, but they want at least two bedrooms. And and you know you know what it's like. It's like hens' teeth yeah 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 they they certainly are
1: and that's that's a big problem of of people when not only trying to find something but the reality of when they go and view it as well is trying to come to terms with the size difference and they always think well i'm going to get my stuff etc 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 so it's good to start the process early so you can get a feel and know exactly what's important to you and not
0: yeah let's look and just this it's time for the council to make more of their of their stock and house people and properties that are suitable for their needs um you know what, what do you think of that jimmy about the, the the council really having to take control of this and actually make more social and the ho- affordable housing which is which is adequate for the for the more elderly population oh
1: yeah i think um i think everybody needs to not only the council but builders as well need to be Held accountable for certain developments or, or building a certain amount of social housing, and then also a certain amount of bungalows as well to help everybody. It's, yeah. yeah. You know, they're in a money-making business, like every business is. The difficulty
0: here's the difficulty, and I'll and I'll and I'll play devil's advocate for the house builders, for example. The house builders obviously want to do um, aspirational things like that, and they want to do. Um, um social things like that. Um, unfortunately they're led by shareholders who want a proper return on investment, the highest return possible. And the highest return possible investment for a builder is a two-story house or a, a three-story yeah, townhouse or or apartments. Um, there's no real money, there's no a real high return unless a house builder can tell me anything different on um a a, a a a plot of land which basically the whole footprint is taken up by one level living, a bungalow. Yeah. Because that yeah. one level of living could have at least possibly three or four stories on it with uh, uh, apartments, or it could potentially have a two-story house on it, which would actually be a better return because you're building. You know, you're you're getting more money for it, but you're building on less of a footprint. If that makes sense, and um, so that's mm-hmm. where I'd argue for house builders. But the difficult way is even if a house builder turns round and says, "I tell you what, we will do this as part of our commitment, and we will take less profit." And hopefully every other housebuilder will do this. Another housebuilder is just well, we're not going to we're not going to play that game, so we're not are not. And really, they're then losing out as a result of maximising the profit for their shareholders, which is which is the director's duty. Remember, they've got a legal duty yeah. to to account to actually be a steward to of the company steward. on behalf of their shareholders, and actually one of the requirements is actually just maximise returns for them. You know, that's kind of, uh, you know, some of the one of the things they've got to do as, a, as, a, as an actual uh, uh, company director. Uh, let's get back to the bedroom standard and talk about that. So the bedroom standard allocate, uh, allocates a separate bedroom to each of these groups. So this is how we are splitting it down. Um, and this is according to the Office of National Statistics. So um, a bedroom for an adult couple, uh, a bedroom for any remaining adult, 21 years or over. Uh, Two adolescents, a bedroom, Uh, that means between the age of 10 to 20 years of the same sex. So two boys could share a room or two girls could share a room together. Uh, It it goes down to a different criteria when it's one adolescent um, because, um, uh, let me think, Um, one adolescent. So it's age 10 to 20 and one child age 9. Uh, years or under of the same sex as well. Uh, two children age nine years or under of the same sex. So in other words, if a child gets to the age of nine and uh, of, of of ten and over, uh, on and they cannot share. The, according to the Office of National Statistics, they are not meant to share with a with a sibling who is actually of an opposite sex. Um, so that's one of the one of the things. And in any remaining child, uh, age nine years or under. So it kind of limits um, the requirements. I mean, you know, what, what age are your children?
1: Uh, three and eight.
0: Don't that right. Well, <laughs> yeah, it <was> Jack's
1: birthday <laughs> like,
0: Don't ask me, by the way. <laughs> so, so uh, three and eight. So they can still have a bedroom together because it's a boy and a girl. Yeah. Um, but when when the oldest one at eight gets to ten, then technically under the under not under any rules or anything but under the guidelines of the Office of National Statistics yeah. about the square bedrooms and allocation um technically they should have a room on their own and um, so you'd need yeah. two rooms then if that's the case. Um so with this serious overcrowding why is this under occupation happening and and is there a better use of the homes Jimmy
1: well Britain has an aging population just over one in five or eighteen point six percent Britain's population are aged 65 years or older, compared okay. to one in six, which was 164 percent 16. a decade ago.
0: This is because they're living longer, so, isn't it? They're living a lot longer, yeah. um, and this is this yeah. is what I talk about. About you know, if if you're building twenty five thousand houses a year across Scotland for your requirements to keep up with the the aging population and the demographic the way people are the mix of how people live now, because um, normally. You know, years and years ago, everybody used to pile in the same house and it'd be an extended family in the same house. But now every man and their dog wants a separate house to themselves. Um, And and it's just it's just the way it is. So more houses are required as a result. But as as if you're if you're doing twenty five thousand every single year and suddenly the average age of um, a person and mortality rates um, goes from, for example, seventy six to seventy seven. That means instantly you need another twenty five thousand houses. Because yeah. these, 25, these these people will live longer, if that makes sense, yeah. with that extra age, on, on average. So that's what the difficulty is. As people get healthier and more um, and wiser and uh, understand and hang around longer, um, the ageing population causes a, a, an issue with uh, housing as well. Um, and again, we come back to saying, you, you said it there, Jimmy, it's now gone from one in six a decade ago to one in five. That's 20% almost. Britain's aging yeah. population are over 65 and uh, yeah. in the last 10 years okay. what, you know what's happened in the last 10 years then?
1: in the last 10 years many of Britain's baby boomer generation currently aged 59 years to 77 years of age have entered retirement most of these have extra bedrooms and are in in homes owned by these baby boomers who are probably still living in their original family homes that's what I said at the start yeah. sentimental it's hard to get rid of it and they bought them in sort of the 1980s or 1990s to raise their to raise children, their
0: children
1: yeah. yep and yet they still live there years after their children have left home
0: they've got the original house on the links from uh, when i was 11 years old so yeah. that's literally that's literally 45 years yeah 45 years ago so they're still in that mm-hmm. house after 45 years and and they've got no desire to downsize because you know <laughs> I'm going to say it and folk will go that's a bit weird but my dad goes well I'll I'll be dead soon anyway <laughs> so so why would I why would I bother moving <laughs> It's like yeah. it's like he, they don't they don't want the hassle. I mean there's, that's another thing that comes into play It's a lot of elderly people just don't want the hustle of moving and the kind of thing it's like yeah. what Andrea said if they can afford to stay well I'll just stay.
1: Yeah, I get that a lot. Um, I get that a lot. Um, but also, I expel people, it depends on their circumstances. If they don't do it now, then
0: when are you going to do it? Are you going to do it when it's too late? But that's a slightly well, different subject. when you say I'm too concerned. late, that, that's exactly right, isn't it? Because it's too late. Too late means you can't climb the stairs anymore. You know, you, you've yeah. maybe got to the point where, you know, you can navigate the stairs right now. I mean, my mother and father just can navigate this. I'm terrified it gets to fall down. To be honest, but oh no, I'll I'll be fine. It's like, well, you just need <laughs> one fall and that's the end. You're in hospital and you're yeah. not coming back out. I mean, I'm quite straightforward with that with them. Um, but that's all it takes, and and you never want to be left in a position. And this is what I'll say to most most people listening. Um, you never want to be left in a position where you're forced to sell your house because of your circumstances, you're probably better to bite the bullet now and actually just get on with it and do it before that happens. Because you don't know what the market's going to be like at the point that you sell. Now, when you sell, you're normally downsizing to a far smaller property, which is probably more affordable, and you're releasing a lot of money. So if you're actually selling a big house and the market's dropped as a result, when you if you wait too long... Then you probably lost money because you're going down a smaller property, so you're taking a bigger hit. Because ten percent of half a million is fifty grand, ten percent of two hundred thousand is twenty grand. So even if the market drops, the person selling a half a million pound to go into a two hundred thousand pound house is actually, in real terms, losing thirty thousand pounds on a market drop. So that's why you want to be in a position to do it, and God forbid. It, you maybe get to a market where you maybe can't sell it within a certain period of time. And you're stuck in that house for the next six months, nine months, possibly. That could be quite yes. difficult and challenging, especially because you have to move for your circumstances and then you're stuck. What if you have to move and then you have to buy? You've got no other choice. You've got a second homes tax and then you've only got 18 months to sell your existing property. So you could be nailed yeah. with having a, a, a 6% bill, which is £12,000 on a £200,000 property, that you might actually lose because you might not be able to sell your house within the 18-month period that you're given for the grace of having two homes, even though you've got the money to buy your next house. That's another thing for, for people in bigger homes that are thinking about downsizing, i have got to think about. in order. And I keep saying, you're better to do it now on your terms then actually wait for some for for basically circumstances to, to dictate you've got to do it and yeah and
1: then when you talk
0: so can't and when you think about it it'll get worse through the 2020s as the number of Brits living in homes greater than their needs will allow will, will actually grow further as the demographics of the British population shift yeah now we've I mean, talked about this before there's about 68 million bedrooms in England and Wales for example. And every, even if nobody shared the room, there'd be enough for every one of the 59 million of us to have a bedroom and still have eight million spare rooms.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. Isn't it? And if you break that down, like eight, if you think there's eight million spare rooms, how many houses is
0: that? If you break them all into three bedroom houses, that's unbelievable. I mean, they're very unequally distributed between households. I mean, so what is the answer there? Some on the left suggest we forcibly make these older
1: mature FIFOMOS people sell their homes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's their property, as Andrea said, they paid the mortgage. Wow. Worked for it for years, especially when yeah. the mortgage interest rates were around about 15% then or above.
0: Unless it's their choice if they want to move or not. Absolutely. I wouldn't be pleased, I wouldn't be pleased at all if someone came along for me and says your size criteria no longer fits your house you have to sell it or we'll penalise you. That is not the way forward, I would definitely don't think. But you're absolutely right. That is kind of the left's idea, the sort of socialist uh, way to... Um, into the, in terms of the property. Mm-hmm. Yet, it's their property. You've said that, eh? and And they paid their yeah. mortgage on it for years, especially with the mortgage interest rates when they were at 15%. Right? And you're absolutely right. It is their choice to move or not. So... Some of the difficulties are that downsizing in Fife, for example, often needs to make financial sense for mature homeowners. Um, and, and this is because, we've probably touched on it a wee bit there, um, most mature Fife homeowners live in average-priced average homes and suitable bungalows, Even though they're smaller, often cost as much, if not more, than the larger family homes. This is because they're on a bigger footprint. It's the, yeah. it, you know, you know the expression location, location, location. It's a classic example. It's down to location. It's also down to plot size that you're using. Because if you take a typical two bedroom flat, ex local authority and leave in, and it would go for 75,000. But if you took that same ex local authority property in St Andrews, it's exactly the same property, that would go for 250,000 almost. So that shows you the differential between it's the location and the land it's sitting on, but as well, if you take some of the houses on the typical new build estates that have been built, they're almost in, they're almost they're almost less. They're actually sometimes less than the actual price of the bungalows, and yet the bungalows have less bedrooms. Yes, yeah,
1: it's, like, it's all about as you say, location. There'll be people on like the outskirts of St Andrews in there. Four-bedroom houses at like four hundred thousand, um, but a bit closer to the town at a street, or the streets and the bungalows are, they're two-bedroom bungalows that are detached with a with a garage. You're also looking to pay four hundred around about four hundred thousand for for one of those for yeah. a property that's double the size.
0: And it depends on location as well. Look, Andrea says my mum has been in a four bedroom bungalow since 1967. But I'll leave it in a she'll leave it in a box basically. She says, uh, and, and genuinely, it is the disruption that's a lot of people don't want to move. If, if you could, if you could show somebody an easy way to move and actually downsize, I mean, you get to, I'll be honest, I'm almost approaching there the certain age. And um, when you think to yourself, God, can I really be bothered? <laughs> it's like I've got to I've got to get rid of all that junk I've accumulated over the years that I've stuffed in cupboards and put in my garage. And just the just the mere thought of having to do all that, it often outweighs the 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 logical approach um to actually saying, No, I need to do it now. So, and a lot of people actually think they're invincible. And in your mind, you'll know usually you're just a young pup, Jimmy. Um, it's like in your mind, when you get to my age, you still think you're in your 20s. Um, but you realize your body kind of keep up. Uh, but And that's the difficult way, because it's that mindset that then keeps you where you are, because you think, oh, I'm fine here. You know, I can afford that. Um, it's still okay. And I feel okay here. Um, but then you don't want to acknowledge the very fact that you're, it's sometimes getting to the point where you might not be capable in the near future to actually climb the stairs um, or maintain the garden is a big one as well. Eh? It comes up a lot. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. I get that one a lot. i Scottish, especially with people that are keen gardeners. It's that's probably the, sometimes it's harder to leave the garden than it is to leave the home.
0: Yeah. This issue will slowly worsen in, in, in the coming 20 years. Um, so, what are actually the options here? Um, what are the options, Jimmy? Um, I can't find where we
1: are on the script.
0: There's here. a necessity <laughs> then, anyway. I think to well put it this way, there's a necessity to motivate builders to build suitable properties in the, to, for the mature homeowners uh, to move into and to change the. I am say the dynamics of available available properties to buy. For example, there's only two million bungalows in the UK and. And, and we only built just over 1,800 bungalows, new bungalows in 2020. Yet 7 in 10 people in the UK, in other words, round about 11 million, aged over 65 actually want to live in a bungalow. Yeah, so out of, that, not... out of that one in five, you know, the, 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 the 10 million um, actually want to live in a bungalow, um, these people uh, over 65. Uh, secondly there needs to be reform in taxation house uh, the, the taxation rules of on housing taxation actually works on a carrot or a stick scenario you know sort of method now let me explain now, let the me explain. Be, the, the stick could make it less attractive to stay in larger houses by increasing the higher council tax rates uh, and uh, higher, higher council tax rates and higher council tax bands the carrot could incentivize the maturer household owners to downsize with allowances on stamp duty or inheritance tax, thus making the move so much easier. Um, however, the cost of living crisis and heightened energy bills actually could be doing the, gov- the government's job for them. The number, you know, the number of, large, the, the number of larger five homes owned by mature household owners, often uh, often for over twenty five years plus has been snowballing in the last six months. I mean, this is good news yeah. for, um, you know, this is good news for younger families that can afford to jump from the smaller homes. Um, yet many can't afford to make that jump for the same reason why mature homeowners um, are moving home. Um, so let me give you an example. Let me think about this. How do you think about this? Um, um, let me think. Of the 181,000 properties put on the market in the UK in November and uh, December 2022, 50, well, about 57% were under 350000 However, of the properties sold in the UK since Christmas 2022, 63% of them have been 350000 or less. So what am, I, what am I saying here? What does this actually mean? Well, it means that those homeowners in the middle to upper levels of the five property market need to be very realistic with this pricing as the supply of the mid to high range properties is actually outstripping demand. Yeah. So whilst... whilst it's, it is that. why well, it's, it's not a good distribution of housing if you have some people in overcrowded households and others, in sp- others with spare bedrooms. Everyone should be able to choose how they live. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Why do many household owners delay downsizing then? I would say it's because they prefer to grow old
1: in their in their family home. As I said at the start, the sentimental mm. thing, Them rather than downsizing. They often see. We often see mature yeah. homeowners downsizing too late when they mm-hmm. say they've had a fall, they're unable to manage the basic gardening and cleaning, etc. And the house actually, or their home actually becomes yeah. a hazard, not which a home. Is
0: what, which is what I'll go back to every single time. We see this almost every other day, don't we? Um, because yeah. we visit people in their homes. And this is the stories that we get told all the time. It is people that have got onset illnesses that are about due, they maybe just been diagnosed. It is people that you know it's it's they're maybe they maybe thought they would have been better than they were, but they're now deteriorated quite quickly. Um it happens quite a lot. I mean the downsizing phase will grow, will continue to grow, and it will probably peak in its in, in, in the mid 2030s. Um I think the issue is um I actually, can't see builders or the government building hundreds of thousands of bungalows in the next decade. I don't. I don't yeah, think I that's think going true. to happen. And uh, do you know
1: of any new developments in five or bungalows?
0: <sighs> There's never. A, it's. It's. It tends to be, as I said, it tends to be the. It tends to be the two-story um, family units, the terraced houses, yeah, the apartments. Um, I think that's the the biggest difficulty. The elderly population tend to go for the you know when they get a chance the 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 lower the ground floor apartments are are the perfect ones for them, but most elderly people just don't want to live in an apartment with somebody above them because it's like you know I've lived in a house on my own and had the peace and enjoyment for all my life. I've got I've got a decent amount of wealth. Uh, why should I have to have someone right above me? And um, why yeah. could someone not out there build that? Now you could argue there's the availability of land. Well, I'll, 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 I'll put that to bed straight away. The whole world population can fit in New York on the landmass wow. of New York. Yeah. The whole of the world's population can fit in the landmass of New York. Literally, the world's population is only 1% of the, the, the land. That's it. That's so good. to say to wait. anybody that there's no enough land, I think the issue here is there's not enough planning consent to allow for infrastructure to be built in order to accommodate this type in order to accommodate this new mix of of um aging population i think that's where the the problem lies so I really agree. maybe you should maybe you should consider making a move in the next few years or even maybe consider it now for some people uh, when you will have a better choice of bungalows to move to I mean that could be possible as well. I can't see that happening. <laughs> I, I, I think unless unless it's forced, as I said, by by legislation where there's a requirement, just like what you've got, um, just like for example, when they put a new development in place, you're you're basically told um, unless you pay a huge penalty, you will put some social housing in that, in that development. Mm-hmm. Unless you pay a huge penalty to get out of that and not have social housing in that development. So that's the, way the, that's the way it's going. So if they, if they can do that for social housing, why can't they do that for bungalows then? That's one for Yeshona Robson, the housing minister. Yeah. If you can do it for social housing on a building site, on a new build, why can't you force builders to do it for bungalows, for an aging population? Because I was told categorically by someone else, it was a politician that, no, you can't force a house builder to do that. Well, we can force them to do it in social housing to have it on their site. So why can't we force them to do it for that? I think I'll actually tag Shona Robson in this. <laughs> I'll give her grief not again. Like you. That's not like you. <laughs> I'll give her grief again. And I'll actually tag Shona <laughs> as well, just to give her grief as well. <laughs> and I might just do Nicholas Sturgeon and Patrick Harvey at the same time. <laughs> When I say that to me, when when I, yeah, I will do that. I'll go on my page after this, my personal page, and I will tag these people in because there's no particular reason why they can't legislate for bungalows on a new development and say it has to be done. Because if you can do it for social housing, surely you can do it. In an ideal world and, you know, everything the same, You can surely you can do it for bungalows for an Asian population. What do you think about mature homeowners about having larger properties? what do you think that's going to happen
1: if mature home homeowners have larger properties earned from working hard and paying taxes then quite frankly there is nobody else's it's no one else's business yeah and no one should force them force them out you may want to have extra space for children and grandchildren to come and stay or as an office a television room hobby room yeah please I must stress these are just
0: yeah they're only suggestions And you're absolutely right, but we get that all the time. Uh, I often say a lot of a lot of uh, uh, people are actually downsizing. You maybe won't be able to go from the huge house you've got the now to a wee two-bedroom bungalow. You might want to consider a transitional arrangement where you go to the huge house and in between somewhere, for maybe about five years, you find a property where you can have living all on one level. In other words, you've got your dining room, your kitchen, your living room, your uh, ba- or your shower room. It'll probably be a wet room downstairs, and you have almost barrier-free, in other words, if you do end up finding yourself in a wheelchair, it can go through every doorway downstairs. And then you don't need to navigate the stairs, because the stairs and the bedrooms upstairs, Oh, and you have a bedroom downstairs as well, by the way, and the the bedrooms upstairs would be probably kept for the grandchildren and, and, you know, visiting. Um, That's often the case. However, I've got to say another one is, I usually talk to some people and say, I don't want to move because the grandchildren might be still visiting. And I'm saying, how often do they visit every year? And they go, well, it's only once a year. Okay. Why do you know just put them up in the hotel? Would well, that not make more sense? <laughs> or just get, get them an Airbnb and they'll have a place to themselves. And I know you'd love to have them stay with you, but really, do you want to lock up all that capital in a house that you're trying to release for you? Remember, you can't take it with you. And if you lock up into the house and it has an inheritance tax problem because obviously you want to pass it on to your children because uh, you think that, and you could end up having an inheritance tax. So again, you need to speak to an advisor about that, about that implications, about your tax implications if you're at the inheritance tax threshold because that could have implications as well. But if you, if you then, if, you, if you've if you only got one there and you're looking at maybe a half a million pound house and you can go down to 200,000, you can release 300,000 pound. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest, as a younger person, I would have loved my parents to downsize, release the money for themselves and travel the world and enjoy it. By the time they're ready to go, I don't need it anymore.
1: That's oh, a message
0: yeah. to every single, every single parent out there, elderly parent out there now. You know, their siblings are away, they've got the house all of themselves, they've got all that money locked up in their their property. Go and enjoy it. Enjoy it, and you know, you know, you'll probably find that your, your children have actually made something for themselves. They've got houses for themselves. They don't need that money anymore. But they would rather see you enjoy it. As a result, that's another another train of thought which I I, I actually advocate all the time. But you're right, Jimmy. If mature homeowners have larger properties, and you know, it's their right to do that, and it's no one else's business. Uh, and the extra grand, uh, the, the, you know, the hobby rooms and the, the television and craft rooms and all the rest of it can come into play. Um, and, and yeah, they're only our suggestions. I, I mean, these are these are our thoughts. Um, I'd be interested to hear out there, you know, anybody else's thoughts on this. And please feel free to put comments in as well. And if you want to speak to us directly about your circumstances personally um, uh, for yourself, uh, then by all means contact us as well you might not be in the process right jimmy do you want to finish off a wee bit here and then i'll I'll finish off with my bit so what's your final thoughts on this
1: um i think can we'll lead into a bit what you're
0: saying is um
1: if you are considering it in the in the near future then speak to an advisor like ourselves to talk you through the whole process yeah. and whether now's the best time for you or later as, as you said and what we said throughout the show is the worst thing that can be happen is is you're leaving it too late, and you should be thinking about the future yeah. Um, yeah. and taking actions now.
0: Well, as I say, my final thoughts on this, as I say every single time, you know, you don't know what you don't know, and it's our job to know that, so we can advise you of that, and then we could probably tell you some information which gives you more information and more of that, more of that. Here it is, the facts rather than the opinion of other people. And an opinion is, it's free and literally it's worth that, um, if that makes sense. Um, It's the facts that we're delivering to you so you can make an opinion. You can make a decision based on facts rather than somebody else's opinion. Um, And that's the most important thing. So if you're out there and you're considering it or you're even at the early stages of doing this, it's no problem we can come round and see you we can sit and have a conversation with you we can maybe talk to you on the phone about it as well i've actually just got somebody phoning me right now <laughs> about that exact same thing they want to move back to st andrews uh, they want to they want to you know get a better place because all their you know things is in st andrews so they're thinking about st andrews now um from from where they are right now and and possibly a, a more manageable prop, proper, property maybe. Um, Or maybe a more aspirational area they would want to be because all their friends are there as well. So that's the type of things. Now, this person, um, actually, I'm talking about right now on my phone. um, They're trying to contact me. Um, It was last year or the year before that I actually went to see them and sit down with them and explore their options. Um, And it's only now they've said, look, we've now come to the conclusion that this is what we want to do. I have been speaking to them for the last three days about the circumstances. They've been phoning me in, asking for a bit more advice and how to negotiate for the house that they're buying potentially as well. Uh, And then also the tax implications, because I'm an accountant as well. And the tax implications about uh, to buy one and and buy another one at the same time and how they can get the EDS back, which is the 6% the government asks you to pay um, right now. Uh, And then you can actually claim it back within the 18-month period. So these are all things that they've taken into account. And then also the options as well is because they've got a house to sell. um, Is it possible to buy another house? They've got a a decent amount of money to put down as a a deposit as well. Um, And so then will that allow them to buy that house? And my answer to that was absolutely. Uh, I don't think any mortgage company is going to turn around and say, well, you know, you've got a sizable deposit for your next home we're not going to help you out with that um, considering you're selling your other home, which is uh, which is debt-free. Um, so again, that is entirely possible. But they never actually saw that as possible until I spoke to them about it. And then it started to all make sense. So I think if you're out there, you're tuning in and you're listening and you're thinking, you know, I'm not very sure what I'm going to do, then it's better to get the advice based on the facts and then make a decision on that. And if it isn't the decision to sell now, then it's the right decision. We've done our job because yeah. we've helped you do that. If it is sell now, then, you know, hopefully we'll be the people that you'll actually choose to do it because we know what we're talking about. Um, and that's it. Thanks very much uh, for coming on this Jimmy. So really appreciate that. Thanks, everybody. And, uh, and until next time, guys, uh, I'm Jim Parker for 5 Properties TV, and he's been Jimmy Mullin. Bye-bye.